season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. Welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have Texas native, Texas 12, infielder and pitcher, and we've got 2025 TCU commit Lucas Franco on the JKR podcast for the Texas 12 series powered by Mind Baseball. Lucas, super pumped to get you on the show. You know, I've had a bunch of 2025s here on that team. Pumped to get you on the show as well. How are you doing today? I'm good. No, it's kind of cold down here in Texas. Just preparing for the season, got our first game this weekend. So okay. looking forward right. to that. So before we dig, I, 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 we'll definitely dig into that. But before we dig into the whole baseball side of things, I got one question I'd like to ask everybody that gets on the J-Care podcast. And that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Lucas Franco? Yeah, so obviously my name is Lucas Franco. I am 15 years old, play for Texas 12. I'm born and raised in Texas in Katy. Uh, committed to TCU last year as a freshman, going there with one of my best friends, Ryan Bevington. Looking forward to that. Yeah, like infielder, pitcher, outfield, can play anywhere pretty much. So Anywhere but catcher, I take it, right? Yeah, anywhere but catcher. All right. So I said Lucas Franco, so it's Franco is how I pronounce it? Yeah, Franco, okay. I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. you know, with, with those types of names, you know, I, I never, never really know. I guess I should have clarified that. But, no, digging into travel baseball a little bit, you know, let's dig into Texas 12 here to start it out. You know, that's how we got connected. So take us through, you know, how you got connected with the Texas 12, how you got connected with Coach Bennett, and how your travel baseball journey has been so far. Yeah, so I've been playing with Texas 12 since I was, like, eight years old, I think. Coach Bennett was one of those guys that really brought me in and wanted me to play for him, so that was good. It felt like home there. Uh, played for my dad for a couple years, actually, was one of the coaches until I got to the high school age. I played for Bennett whenever I was 13, Knox whenever I was 14, and now back playing with Bennett. So pretty good. So what was that transition? You know, you're a little, let's say in middle school, you know, co- uh, learning underneath your dad, your dad is your head coach. What was that transition from going to, you know, having your dad there in the dugout, being your head coach to, you know, Coach Bennett, then to Coach Knox and then back to Bennett? Yeah, uh, whenever I played with my dad, he was kind of like kind of strict and I felt like kind of pressured on that. So 
going to the transition to Coach Bennett and Coach Knox. I loved playing for them. Loved playing for Knox. He's super laid back. And Bennett's always, like, kind of want, wants us to be, like, mature, which I like a lot, kind of putting us on the spot and helping us grow as a person and a player. So. So digging into relationships a little bit. So, you know, as I've learned about the Texas 12 here these past two, three weeks or so, I've learned that you guys, you know, have a very, you know, family atmosphere. You know, you guys are very faith-based and, you know, you guys are really super close when it comes to all your guys' teams. Um, so build, digging on those relationships, you know, let's let's dig into, you know, your relationship with Coach Bennett, Coach Knox, maybe some of those other guys as assistant coaches on that 2025 team. Uh, what are some of those relationships that you have within that 12 organization? Yeah, so Coach Bennett obviously is one of the guys that really got me going in 12 and in baseball. Same with Coach Knox. Uh, love Coach Bennett a lot. Like, he's helped me a lot throughout the throughout my years, uh, helped me with the mental side a lot, even, like, the fundamentals a lot. So really, really like Coach Bennett, really appreciate him for everything. And then Coach Knox, he's the one – I played for him 14 new fall. He He's the one that, like, put me on with TCU. So played with him and then got got me Coach Dolores and I'm – talked to them for a while and then Knox mental part I used to be kind of I'm like really hard on myself and Knox kind of like loosened me up and making sure like not that serious just like go play have fun and a couple like assistant coaches kind of Brian Stis, uh, Coach Vinny I work out. I work out with Stephanie. Need someone to throw to me. I'll go to him and like kind of help me because he's young and like he understands like what we're thinking as young players. And yeah, I work out with a guy, Jared Fancher, up there. He does um, P5P. It's like a workout thing, baseball focused. That's helped me a lot. I'm on a nutrition program with him, so trying to gain weight and get stronger and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So being a part of the Texas 12 now, since you said you were eight years old when you came on, been about six, six, seven years since then. Take us through maybe yeah. some of those favorite memories that you've had playing for the Texas 12, you know, whether that's going to a certain tournament, maybe uh, uh, doing some cool things with your teammates, you know, maybe going out to, to the restaurants, whatever it happens to be. What are some of those favorite memories that you have being a part of that Texas 12 organization? Yeah, this this past year was I'd had like the most fun ever on it. That was like the most fun I've ever had on a team. So we went to like Florida twice, North Carolina. You know, I got back home and went to Arizona for the USA trials. But I'd say the North Carolina tournament in Cary is by far like my favorite. Like I've had so much fun there. It's awesome atmosphere, like getting in front of all those big time coaches and just really getting looked at like that for the future. I like that a lot. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being a part of the Texas 12, you know, going to all these big time tournaments, you know, whether that's, you know, Georgia, Florida, um, I know you guys were a part of the USA tournament as well, but you also talk about the USA trials. So let's dig into both of those real quick. USA tur- The USA tournament with the Texas 12, take us through that experience, what the day to day was, the competition level, you know, facing the top 16 teams of your guys' age group, and then take us through USA trials as well, what that experience was like, the day to day, stuff like that. Yeah, so the USA tournament in North Carolina, it's probably like they they uh, order the games really well. So you probably like wake up early one day, and next day you play like at two or three. So if you wake up early, obviously you get there. It's beautiful, like beautiful weather. 
and you're playing the best competition in the country. So you always got to stay focused and like really focus on your job in that tournament. And uh, the trials, the trials was like insane. I loved it. Uh, got like all the best players in the country there. So good to like compare yourself kind of to them and see like how much, how much you can improve at your age. Cause if they can do that, then I know I can too. So. So digging into relationships a little bit, let's kind of separate this into two separate paths. So, you know, when you're playing with the Texas 12, that Texas-based organization, what are some of those relationships you have with your Texas-based team? You know, I know you mentioned Ryan Bevington going to TCU as well. I'm sure there are a bunch of other guys. But then when you're in an event like the USA Trials, when there's Ethan Holiday, Lucas, uh, sorry, Noah Franco, Cannon Golden, uh, Mikey Casino, all the, you know, Ty Thompson, all these different players from across the country, best players in that 2025 class. What are some of those relationships in both of those categories? Yeah, so whenever we travel, I try to, like, I don't really like to talk, like, trash to other teams. I just kind of, whenever somebody gets on base, I just talk to them, like, tell them a good hit or whatever. Uh, at the North Carolina tournament, I became pretty good friends with Ethan Holiday, Sebastian Norman, and some of those guys. Uh, and I saw them back at the trials also, so it was cool to catch up with them. Obviously, I made some other friends on the field but some of them I don't really keep in touch with but it's just cool to see them every summer and play against them and compete so when you're around guys you know like like your caliber of player so you're a power five commit you're you're going up against guys who are also power five commits playing with guys on the Texas 12 who are going to schools just like yourself what are some different ways that you're maybe taking things away from your peers in terms of how they play their game uh, maybe picking their brains seeing how they go about batting practice how they go about you know maybe a bullpen uh, what are some of those different ways that you pick the brain of the of your peers? Yeah, I'm always looking for ways to learn new things about baseball because you can always get better. There's no like saying you're a perfect player. So every time we go to like a big tournament like North Carolina or Florida or the trials, I, le I learned a lot of the trials from other players, just like looking at how they did things, their footwork, where like how their swing worked and everything. Normally I try to look at like left-handed hitters like myself to see how I can improve my swing also. So I looked at Ethan Holiday a lot. I was in his BP group at the trials. So I had a pretty good look at his swing and that helped me a lot. I made some changes in my swing. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to, you know, 2023 summer, you know, past this spring, I know you guys are starting the season here coming up next week, you mentioned, but, you know, looking forward to the Texas 12 summer, um, what are some of those other guys that, you know, guys like myself, you know, let's say I'm going to a WWA or just a tournament you guys are at, besides Lucas Franco, who are some of those other guys on that Texas 12 team that I should be looking out for? Uh, Lucas Tenahero, he recently committed to uh, Houston Christian University. He's a stud, insane fielder, really good hitter. Uh, we got like a couple outfielders, uh, some more pitchers, especially pitchers on our team. We got uh, Aiden Barrientes, he's right-handed pitcher, he's dirty. Uh, Got some lefties, um, RJ Moreno. Most of our pitchers are already committed, most, most of our aces. So we already got a lot of our commits out of the way, like starters. But our second team is loaded with guys. So I would say go look at our second team. So as you're looking forward to, you know, this upcoming summer, the summer to your 17 year summer, you know, here in 2024, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to most as you wrap up your travel baseball career these next two summers? Uh. I, I want to go back, back to the trials for the 18 team because I had an unfortunate injury at the 15 new trials and that kind of caused me to not make it. So I'm, I want to go back to the trials for 18 new. 
uh, still looking forward to all those big tournaments, competing against the best guys in the country. Um, yeah, going back down to Florida, like the WWBAs and all that. But going back to North Carolina, I love that tournament a lot. I've been there for the past two years, so I'm sure. So let's I kind of go back in, there. Yeah, let's, so let's dig into that experience a little bit. Take us through what that day to day was like at that USA tournament. You know who you guys fa- who you guys were facing. I think I remember Ryan telling me you guys finished second last year. So maybe what that experience was like. You know, making making it to that championship game, but you know, not maybe pulling all the way through. Yeah. We had a pretty good pool play. I think we lost like one game. I can't really remember. And then made it to the semis, beat USA Prime. That was a big game. The championship. And we had a lot of pressure on us because the past two teams that went, like, won the whole tournament. So our 23s and 24s had won the whole tournament. So we were trying to make it the third team straight to win it. We played a really good team in Alpha Prime. They threw one of their best guys at us. They they just hit the ball, like, we threw a lot of our good pitchers. They just raked, and then unfortunately couldn't come out with the, with the win. But still proud, and still had a lot of fun there. So, mm-hmm. so out of all the different facilities that you've played at so far in your career, you know, going to you know Cary, North Carolina for USA tournament, going to Arizona for USA trials, Lake Point, East Cobb. I'm sure you've been to Hoover as well. Maybe some places down in Texas. What are some of those favorite facilities that you've played at so far in your career? Yeah, so North Carolina is definitely easily my top one it's in the one spot. And then we got – I'd put the trials facilities there at the Angels spring training. And then I'd go West Palm Beach. I loved it there. It was nice. Stayed at the beach there. Um, I love, love Georgia, their turf fields, and um, Hoover, Alabama. Those are nice. All right, so let's transition a little bit to, you know, high school season. Um, I know we talked about, you know, Texas high school baseball competition is one of the best in the United States when it comes to, you know, just all these different uh, top ball players that Texas dishes out every year. Um, so take us through, you know, what your freshman season was like last year, playing Texas high school baseball, and then leading into this spring, you know, next week when your sophomore season begins, uh, what the outlook is for you guys' high school team. Yeah, so freshman year, I started off on the freshman team for – most of the out of out of district games and then got called up to varsity at the start of districts. So that was a lot of fun. I, I was really young. I was still like 14 years old most of the time. So I felt kind of overmatched, but felt a lot of pressure on me was hard on myself. Didn't have the best season, but we'll see what this, this season brings in sophomore year. So this year is looking pretty good. We're, our team's looking solid. Uh, should, should be top three, top two in districts. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So when you are tough on yourself, you know, obviously you're facing guys who are, you know, three, four years older than you, probably going to college to play that next year. Um, or, you know, like I said, just so much more mature in terms of age. Um, what do you think is tougher when you're playing Texas high school baseball against guys who are a little bit older, but also might not be as skilled and going to that next level to play collegiate baseball, or when you're, fa- when you're playing travel baseball and you're facing just that top tier talent, of your age group, is there a comparison there? And then is there a mindset change there as well? Yeah, I definitely think school ball is harder because you got all the fans in the game, like student sections are always screaming at you while you're hitting and everything. And a lot of pressure whenever you're young, you feel like if you make a mistake, then people don't like you anymore. So, but I think I like travel ball a lot better because I like, those are my guys, like my teammates. I've been friends with them for a while, feel more comfortable around them and not, a, not as much pressure on me because mm-hmm. A lot of our coaches are like more chill and have better relationships. So I think I guess it'll just be a time thing as I grow older. 
and it'll it'll get different. I think. Mm-hmm. So being so young and being put in so you know such these high stress situations when it comes to you know USA trials or you know playing varsity as a freshman down there in Texas, how do you kind of go about you know maybe blocking that out? You know, kind of still try, kind of trying to keep a tunnel vision towards the game of baseball. How do you kind of keep that mentally? Um, I can use the trials as an example of this because the trials obviously is like one of the biggest stages I've ever played on and like most pressure on me, I guess. So I just got there and I just like tried to have as much fun as I could. Like I didn't think about like, Oh, there's so many scouts here. Like this is like big, really, really big. I just went and did like, did my thing. Like I had fun and it worked out. Didn't really play the field because I had like a hip strain or in a pulled hammy, but I still went there and was just focused on my job. Like they just had me hitting. So I was just really locked in on hitting and, ended up doing really good so mm-hmm. so in high school baseball to kind of where you're at in Katy, what does that competition level look like you know so how often are you facing you know another power five commit power five signee you know what the, what does that uh guy what does the general pitcher look like on the mound maybe the general hitter when you're actually on the mound yourself uh what does that look like when it comes to you know just the different teams that you're playing around that Katy area so this year there's going to be more pitching that's going to be harder to hit off of because we got Katie High School there. Their pitching is looking really good. They got, I think, four D1 commits, four Power Five. So Katie's pitching is going to be harder. And then I don't. there's not really any anybody around the district that's going to be too, too tough to face. But there's like Seven Lakes has a lefty who's pretty good. Katie has, yeah, Katie's pretty disgusting this year. So yeah, that'll be fun to hit off of. I'm sure. So, so looking forward to these next, you know, five, six months, going through the spring season with your high school team, you know, then transitioning to playing with the Texas 12 in the summer. What are some of your personal goals as you head into these next five or six months? And then maybe even some team goals um, in your mind, you know, for high school, for uh, travel baseball this year. So some of my personal goals is I want to hit over 300 this year. Uh, I want to, by the end of the season, I'm, I want my weight to be at like 180 because I'm still kind of skinny. I'm like 165 at six foot two. But I want to gain weight. I want to hit like over 300 and get a starting spot in the infield because still don't, I'm still going to be moving around for right now. And then for the team goals, we want to obviously finish off first in district, make it to playoffs, go deep in that, try to win state. And then travel ball, just keep doing my thing, like stay focused on my on my personal goals and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to training and you're trying to gain this weight, how do you kind of go about that? I know you said you have a trainer there that's connected with the Texas 12, but maybe what are some of those workouts that you're kind of focusing on, you know, right now? And then even in the off season, you know, a couple of weeks ago before the season actually got rolling. Yeah. So at P5P, we do more like baseball training specifically. So we do a lot of core workouts, like explosive leg. We do so like speed workouts. So we have like three workouts a week. So the first two workouts, day one and day two, they are like more strength focused. And then day three is the speed day. So we'll really like get on the treadmill, do incline, incline sprints, all of that stuff. A lot of med ball tosses and explosive training. Mm-hmm. So let's transition a little bit to your collegiate recruiting process. I see right here you're wearing that horn frog shirt. Let's dig into how you got yeah. to TCU, what kind of landed TCU on top. So take us through your recruiting process here a little bit. When did that kind of get rolling? I know you said Coach Knox was the one who connected you with the TCU coaching staff, but just take us through that recruiting process, you know, how it got started, and, you know, when Division One teams started kind of noticing you. Yeah, so this was 14U fall. I played for Coach Knox, and 
I did really good that fall. Like, I hit really well and played the field really well. And then Coach Knox just sent me Coach Dolores' phone number. So I called them, and I was so nervous the first time I called them. Like, I couldn't – I could barely talk. And so they invited me down to a camp. I went to, like, three camps before they offered me. So I went to two camps in, I think, in, like, 2021. And then in January of 2022, I went to that Future Frogs camp. And then they offered me like a week later and I committed like two weeks later. And I was recently just back down there for the same camp just like a couple weeks ago. So when you're on campus for a camp like that, I'm sure that they're invite only, you know, they're kind of looking to just, you know, see what the potential recruits kind of look like. What does a camp like that look like? You know, you're going to TCU, going to Fort Worth, you show up on campus. What kind of happens next? So I'll use this past camp as an example. So we drove down there. I think the camp was on a Sunday. We drove down there Saturday, uh, got there. And then we went down to the stockyards in Fort Worth with a couple of my friends. I went with Bevington and a couple of other friends. And then you stay the night at a hotel. You wake up early, check-ins at like 8.15. And you get down there, you stretch and warm up. And then you'll do like infield work for like an hour. Um, they'll do like evaluations. So they'll do outfield and infield. You'll get like five ground balls. And then you'll get into BP, you have rotations. So you get into BP, then you'll go shag. Then you'll like go into to the cages, the clubhouse, then you'll tour the facilities. Uh, then you'll get into some scrimmages off the machine. This year was just off the machine, but last year it was, um, we had some live arms going. So it's pretty much like an all day camp. It ends at like 5.30. So then you get to drive home and it's half done after that. Mm -hmm. So going through those first three camps, you know, kind of, you know, building that relationship with the coaching staff before getting that offer, were there some other schools that were kind of working their way into your recruiting process as well? Or for the most part, was your kind of mind kind of set on TCU? Uh, there weren't really a lot of other colleges. It was TCU. I called Texas once. And then a couple of other schools wanted to, wanted to try to contact me. But once I got down there for that first camp at TCU, I was – I was hooked pretty easily. So, 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 what was it that that hooked you on TCU so quickly? Definitely the coaches. I love Sarlos and Delora and all of them. Like, very chill. They made me feel feel at home and like they wanted me to be there. Like they wanted me to see me succeed and do good there. So, mm -hmm. got down there and the campus was beautiful. Facilities are amazing. Fields are beautiful. It's a dirt field. I love dirt fields. So, mainly the coaches. Yeah. So for a coaching staff to convince you on their program so quickly, I take it that relationship is pretty solid with that TCU coaching staff. But how has that grown? How has that evolved, you know, since you kind of got to know them? And how has that even evolved a little bit more now that you've been committed? Uh, it's pretty much just calling them like every couple of weeks. And then you'll get to see them in person at some tournaments. I saw Coach Delora in North Carolina and um, Sanford, Florida. But yeah, pretty much just calling them, keeping in touch, just telling them how you're doing, like if you've like made any progress on anything and then getting down there for camps more often, letting them see you in person and see how much you've progressed is a big thing. Mm -hmm. So what are you looking forward to most for September 1st, 2023? You know, September 1st of your junior year is kind of when, you know, all those regulations in terms of talking to a collegiate coach kind of go by the wayside. So what are you looking forward to most? for that deadline to kind of have, you know, not have so many regulations on, you know, being able to talk to the TCU coaching staff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that a lot. I'm looking forward to going down on my official visit. Uh, me and Ryan Bevington are planning to get like all of our 2025 commits down there the same week, do our um, official. Mm -hmm. so that'll be good. 
uh, I'm looking forward to like actually getting to text them more and they can actually respond to our texts instead of like just having to call them and they can't respond to our texts. So looking forward to those. I'm sure. So you talk about your relationship with Ryan Bevington. Obviously you guys are playing on the Texas 12. His episode actually releases here in about, let's see, five hours. He's tomorrow's episode. So you'll be able to listen to him. He brought you up quite a bit as well. So um, you guys yeah. obviously have a great relationship, but what are some of those relationships you have with the other TCU commits? Are a lot of these guys, you know, in state for that class of 2025? Um, where Where's that kind of outlook at? Um, and then even for, you know, class of 2024, maybe 2023 as well. Uh, what are some of those relationships you have with the TCU guys that are going to be there when you're there? So in the 2025 class, uh, I'm close with a lot of them. I think we have six or seven commits right now. Uh, pretty close with the ones in Texas, like Ryan Bevington, Cade Nelson is a recent commit. Got a couple of them down in California and Nevada. Um, in the end of the 2024 class, we've got Nolan Traeger, who I'm pretty close with. Uh, looking forward to teaming up with him at TCU. And not not really a lot of 2023s that I've been talking to. Okay. So. All right. So with the 2025, I mean, recruiting cycle still underway. I mean, you guys still have, you know, two and a half years before you guys head to campus. Are you, you and Ryan, you know, maybe, you know, trying to push maybe some of your Texas 12 teammates or maybe some other guys that, you know, to Fort Worth? What does that kind of look like in terms of, you know, maybe, you know, pushing a few guys towards TCU? Yeah, for, for sure. We've had a couple of, um, like lower team guys, like team two guys, they're studs. They were at the last camp and I've been talking to some of them. I've been kind of like hinting to them. They're like, they should come along with TCU, be a horn frog. Uh, yeah, for sure. Definitely pushing some people. Yeah. So you, you talk about the stockyards. I was actually there last year around this time. You know, I was there for one night, had an amazing time, but I'm sure you've been there, you know, quite a few more times than I have for the next time that I'm rolling Fort Worth to the stockyards. What are some of those uh, recommendations you've got for me? I've actually only been there twice, so Ooh, not okay. really been down there a lot. But I last time I went there with Bev and a couple of other people, uh, H3, that barbecue place, the H3 cook, like smokehouse or something, that place is amazing. Like their food is insane. So I recommend that place. Okay. So how close is the stockyards to that TCU campus? Before I actually got to the stockyards, I didn't realize TCU was in Fort Worth. I just kept seeing, you know, all this purple and white stuff. And I'm like, what What the hell? Like, I didn't realize TCU was here. Um, how close is yeah. campus from there? Uh, I think it's about like 15 minutes from the stockyards. It's not too far at all. Okay. So obviously you talk about how TCU kind of, you know, they had your heart at the beginning. You know, the coaching staff kind of convinced you there pretty early on. But what exactly were you looking for, you know, as you were going through that process, you know, maybe talking to the coach for the first time um, and you're maybe deciding, okay, there might be some other schools contacting me as well. What were some of those like just official things that you were kind of looking for within a coaching staff, within a university, within a campus? What exactly were you looking for? Yeah, I was looking for a really good coaching staff that was like chill and kind of nice. That would help me. That would help me make a better decision. Obviously TCU coaches and coach Laura and, Coach Sarlos, I've loved them a lot from like the first time I met them in the campus, looking for something pretty much in state. I don't really want to go out of state. So TCU is like four hours away. It's not too bad. Uh, yeah, just a nice campus, a good school also, good education at TCU, a great baseball program, have a good reputation. Um, yeah, just everything. Yeah. So they're on your Texas 12 team for that class of 2025. I mean, I know there's, you know, obviously Bevington, like we've talked about as a TCU commit, but there's also, you know, A&M commits in terms of, you know, Cooper Fulbright, 
I know I'm missing other guys, but I know there's A and M. Yeah, I believe there's some UT guys as well on that team, and maybe some others. What are you looking forward to most to maybe you know your freshman spring, you know, facing up against some of those guys for the first time at that Power Five baseball level? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, got a couple kids at UT and A and M. I really want to uh, play against them in college because I've played with them my whole life and I've never faced them. I really want to get in the box against them and try to hit off of them, see how that goes. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm sure. So when you do get to TCU, you kind of say when you get in the batter's box there. So I'm going to go ahead and assume maybe your future is as a position player, but you are listed as, you know, like we've talked about pretty much everything besides catcher, infield, outfield, pitcher. What is the plan here these next couple of years as, you know, you go to that next level to TCU in terms of, you know, where you're playing at? Yeah, so right now I'm, I've got my mindset on position players, but we'll just see how my body shapes out if I keep growing then. I still, I just don't want to be a pitcher. I want to, I want to hit and play the field. That's my mindset. Okay. All right. You know, I mean, I was always, I know when I was playing ball, you know, I was always, you know, hitter, hitter mindset always, you know, I, I, you know, they stuck me on the mound as a little kid. I'm like, you know, let's, let's just stick me at first or third base or something. I just want to yeah. hit the ball. Um, so, you know, I always love, you know, hearing that mindset, but before we dig into the hitting side of things, I do want to dig into a couple pitching questions. Um, so mm-hmm. when you are on the mound, you know, you said you are pitching this uh, spring as a sophomore. Uh, what is that pitching repertoire kind of looking like? Like, what do you throw in? Uh, maybe your best, maybe your worst pitch. What does that look like? Yeah. So I, uh, I have like five pitches, four or five pitches, fastballs up to like 87, uh, I've got a fastball two seam change up and like a cutter slash slider thing. I don't really know what it is, but it's pretty good. Uh, my best pitch is definitely my change up. It's, it's pretty gross. I'm not going to like brag about it or anything, but it's pretty gross. And then my, my fastball runs a lot. So that's obviously pretty good. So yeah, I'll pitch a little bit this year for school ball. Okay. So with you not being, you know, like a primary pitcher that's planning on heading to college to pitch, how much focus do you put on your arm care? Like in terms of, you know, your deload maybe in the fall, your ramp up that's probably going on right now. Like how much emphasis is put on that with you, you know, not being a primary pitcher? Yeah, I still do like J bands before I throw every time. I still want to take care of my arm. I don't want like any random injuries in my arm to prevent me from playing. So obviously taking the right precautions and just taking care of it, trying not to do anything too much like, slowly build up into it, throwing bullpens a little bit, just just in case, you know. So at what per- what percentage are you at right now? I know some of these Indiana guys, I mean, they're at 80, 90%. Like, they, you know, they're almost ready for the season, but if you want them to go out, you know, pitch 80, 90 pitches, they're just not able to do that. But with Texas, you guys start a little bit before us. Kind of where are you at right now in terms of your ramp up? Uh, I'm ready to go. Like, I don't have anything holding me back, so I'm ready to go pretty much at 100%. I don't think I'm going to go pitch like more than 30 pitches. Probably I'll probably be like a one or two inning guy late in the game. Okay. Just come in from the bullpen. Yeah. All right. So let's flip it around to the hitting side of things, you know, where your mindset is at. let's dig into it. So first off hitting approach, dig into, you know, you're on the on deck circle, you know, maybe you're watching the guy in front of you, you're watching the pitcher warm mm-hmm. up, you know, what's going through your mind. And then as you're walking up to that batter's box, you know, what are you trying to do with each at bat? What's going on there mentally? Yeah, so on the on-deck circle, I really – and in the dugout, I use that a lot. So at the trials, we had, like, a lefty. It was, like, just fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball. And I was looking at – the three people in front of me were all lefty hitters, so I was really watching them. So his sequencing, I look at sequencing a lot. So he was, like, fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball. 
So then I went up there sitting fastball and sitting fastball curveball sequence and ended up hitting like a triple dead center off of him. And then on the on-deck circle, just trying to get my timing down on the fastball because I feel like if you're ready for the fastball, you can hit anything else that he has. So my approach at the plate is like middle away. Uh, that's that's where I live pretty much. Just doubles in the oppo gap and left center. And then if they throw it in, just turn on it because I trust my hands. I'm quick enough to get there. Mm-hmm. So when you are finding a guy that's maybe sequences pitches like that to where, you know, you might have a pretty good idea on what pitch is coming, you know, what would you rather have? Know what pitch is coming or, you know, kind of just go with go with the flow and kind of just adjust to when the pitch is being thrown. Yeah, I would say you you never really like know 100 percent what's coming, but I, I think it's good to have like an idea in the back of your head just to get that foot down and be ready for it, because I think if you have two pitches in your head that you think are going to come, then you could sit say you have like fastball curveball you can sit fastball and just sit back on a curveball and hit that but I don't really think I don't think you can know like exactly what's coming oh, unless you're course. cheating of course uh yeah like the, like the Houston Astros shoot close to where you're hey, at chill chill chill, uh, chill. <laughs> um uh but no so so you're talking about you talk about when you know you were sequencing that guy at the USA trials you were looking at the left-handed hit the three left-handed hitters that were in front of you well, you throw mm-hmm. righty, but are also a left-handed hitter. So how did that come about? Why are you a left-handed hitter, but you don't throw righty? Yeah, I don't really think it was my choice to be a left-handed hitter. I think I was a natural righty, and then at a young age, my dad just, like, kind of forced me and my brother to be a lefty hitter, which I actually do like it a lot better. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So have you ever, you know, now that you're a little bit older, have you ever tried to, you know, maybe potentially become a switch hitter at all? Or are you kind of just solely focusing on the left side? Uh, I've tried to like mess around in the cages a couple of times, but I don't think that'll ever happen. Come yeah. switch it or I'll think I'll stay to the left side. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you are, you know, in that batter's box, you know, we've talked about your approach there for a little bit, but you know, when you get two strikes on you, are you a big two strike approach type of guy? Or for the most part, do you kind of keep that same approach no matter what the count is? Uh, I kind of just like take away the stride in my swing. Uh, I choke up just a little bit on the bat, but I still have my same approach. I just kind of get into that fight mentality, just foul it off if it's close and then wait for them to mess up and hit it, get a hit off of it. Mm-hmm. So if you had to dig through the mechanics of your swings, you know, through the um, from the load up all the way through the follow through, what would be those mechanics of your swing and how did those mechanics kind of develop? Yeah, so I have a really simple swing. My stance is closed off, so I don't have an open front foot. Uh, I kind of just keep my hands like relaxed near my shoulder and then like I I have like a big rhythm in my load. So like I'll get my timing and have like a little rock back and then like my hands will just fire. I have really quick hands. So I think it's just about rhythm and timing for me. Mm-hmm. So if you were a scout watching your game, so this can be, you know, when you're in the infield, when you're in the outfield, interacting with some of your teammates in the dugout, you know, when you're hitting there on that left side of the batter's box, what would be your personal scouting report that you would write up on yourself if you were a scout? Yeah, so at the hitting, at the plate, I don't really chase a lot of pitches. I have a pretty good, like, pretty good knowledge of the zone of the umpire. I look at that a lot so I can know, like, what's a strike and what's a ball. Uh, I look for, like, one pitch only pretty much the whole time I'm hitting. It's mainly, like, uh, middle middle in, or I can also go the other way with the outside pitch. Uh, and then how I play the field is, like, I'm always talking, like, I'm playing shortstop or third base, always talking to the pitcher, like, keeping them in check and then talking to my infielders and outfielders, letting them know like the situation and stuff. So mm-hmm. just being present kind of is a big yeah. thing for me. So as we go through these next couple of years, you know, you're continuing on playing high school ball, you wrap that up, move on to that next level. 
What are some of those biggest things that you're wanting to develop within your game on the offensive side of things and then on the defensive side of things as well? Well, I think there's always uh, opportunities to get better at pretty much everything in the game. I don't really think you can stop getting better at anything. So easily, I can always get better at hitting, always like improve my footwork in the field, try out some other positions. Uh, yeah, just getting better at everything. Fielding is a big thing. I can get a stronger arm, quicker feet. Um, yeah, it's pretty much everything. All right. So if you had to fast forward, you know, three years, you're playing at TCU, freshman fall, freshman spring. What is that position that you want to be playing? I want to probably be shortstop third base for freshman season. And yeah, if I can get there and start whenever I get there, that'll be obviously pretty good. Yeah. All right. So digging into my last baseball question here. Then after that, we'll dig into, you know, a couple rapid fire questions. I like to end it off with everybody. Uh, but no, when you're looking into your baseball career, you know, obviously you've had Coach Knox, Coach Bennett, your dad coaching you as well, who seem, you know, pretty knowledgeable within the game of baseball as well. Um, mm -hmm. Who are some of those most influential people that you've had in your career so far? And what would be the reasoning for them being so influential? Yeah, I'd definitely put my dad up there. He's he's helped me through everything. Whenever I was young, he uh take me to the cages all the time. And like after if maybe if I like played bad in a game and like didn't do good in a tournament and I'd go hit like right away, he'd always be there helping me, getting me some lessons with uh Randy Brown, one of the guys that I used to hit with. He helped me a lot. Uh, Coach Knox helping me with the mental side. Coach Bennett with the maturity side of the game, just being like kind of a young man at the at a young age. So, all right. So digging away from the game of baseball here, I got four or five questions left for you. Um, so when you're away from the game of baseball, what are some of those passions that you have beyond the game? Maybe get your mind off of things. What are some of those you know other things you like doing? Uh, I go and hang out with a lot of my friends. So I like go eat with them, just catch up with them, and have a fun time, laugh a lot with them. But there's outside of baseball, there's not really anything that I do just besides like eat and like rest. Okay. So what are the go-to places down there in Katy, Texas? Me and my dad and some of my friends go to Big City Wings a lot. It's a Excellent. wing place on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays, I have two for one wings. So I go on Tuesdays a lot. Um, Whataburger, definitely, definitely a good one. I, go, I, I went there for lunch today. So yeah, I've been to Waterburger one time, you know, that one time I went to the stockyards, you know, it was like I was there for like three or four days in Texas, you know, I had to try out all the prototypical Texas stuff. It was awesome, you know, lived up to those expectations. I can't wait to, you know, mm -hmm. eat that second Waterburger. Uh, but no, so when yeah. you're digging through your phone, obviously we talk about USA Trials, you know, all the different coaches that you have in your phone. Who would be the coolest contact that you have in your phone right now? Mm. Man, that's a that's a tough question. Probably, I don't really have a lot of maybe Ethan Holiday or man, that's a tough one. I don't really have a lot of famous people in there. Yeah. Well, so okay, so I mean, I tell this to pretty much everyone I get on the podcast. So I think you know, just the way the human brain works. You know, if you know somebody, they're like you know, they're not like a cool contact to you. Because like yeah, you, know, exactly. you talk to them on a day-to-day -day basis, like let's say, you know, you get drafted, you know, go play for the Texas Rangers or something, and you interact with Corey Seager on a day-to-day -day basis. At that yeah. point, I mean, he's not a cool contact for you, but he's a cool contact for everybody else. Um, yeah. But no, no, I mean, Ethan Holiday is a cool guy, you know, cool contact. I've, I'm hoping to get him on the podcast at some time soon. You know, I like, you know, um, you know, this 2025 class, I've had quite a few, you know, top prospects here on the podcast. Want to maybe, you know, yeah. every my goal is to have in the class of 2025, 
every high school first round draft pick on mm-hmm. the Take Care podcast at some point. Yeah, yeah big goal big. there, but yeah. big goal. But we got a couple years to accomplish that. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. digging into the final couple questions. Um, so when it comes to you know in- your internal motivations, kind of what is it that you know helps you get out of bed every morning? Helps you go you know win the day, continuously go get better, continuously train. What are some of those motivations that you have? It's pretty much just personal goals, like, and I can like be a good image for other people. Like some of my best friends, they look up to me uh, for like how I go about things on a day to day basis. Like I take care of my business. I go work out like whenever I need to. I don't skip workouts. Uh, I like take care of my eating habits. So I need to like put on weight so I'll eat healthy during the school days and then come home and eat a meal. Um, yeah, just personal goals, like knowing I got I got a dream to accomplish and just go at it every day. All right. So leading, digging in a little bit deeper to that question, let's move forward. Let's fast forward 20 years from now. Everything's going right. You keep using those motivations. You know, 2043 comes around quick, I guess. But what mm-hmm. is that perfect picture of your life look like 20 years down the road? Everything's going right. And you just, you know, keep doing the right thing. Okay. So 20 years, I'd be 35. Hopefully still playing baseball. Hopefully a major leaguer. If not, then retired maybe and then if I don't if nothing works out in baseball and I retire early then I want to come back to 12 and coach at 12 if it's still around and then be like a personal trainer to some little kids and help them grow just anything involved involving baseball yeah all right so digging into my final question here on the Jake Care podcast you know I asked this question to end it off with every guy I get on so you know three years down the road you're going to get this you're going to get the opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness, you know, the new regulation NCAA came out with. When that does happen, what would be your dream brand that you would love to endorse, collaborate with, whatever? What would that be? I'd say definitely Nike. Nike's a big one, obviously. Just big brand. So mm-hmm. Great and clothing, easy, shoes. Do you see Nike school? Yeah, they're Nike. Yeah, works perfect. Yeah. yeah. But no, man, that's the that's the final question here on the JKR podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, I, I'm really, you know, loving you digging into the Texas 12 organization, you know, learning about mm-hmm. all your guys' different careers, how the organizations ran, you know, all about that these next, you know, couple of weeks. Um, just really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I do want to wish you the best of luck when it comes to, you know, this spring, this summer, you know, as your career unfolds as well, you know, going to the USA trials. Hopefully in a couple of years, I see you on uh, Team USA 18, you winning that gold medal. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, just mm-hmm. thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me.